Well, maybe we can get started here, okay? Welcome to Book Sandwiched In. I'm Bill Crossland with Knox County Friends of the Library. Friends of the Library advocates, fundraises, and provides support for the library. Please join our organization. It's a great, we, uh, Friends of the Library do a lot for our Knox County libraries, and it's a, it's a wonderful organization. We're honored today to welcome Deputy Chief Nate Allen. Chief Allen has been with Knox Police Department since 1984 and in 2014 was promoted to Deputy Chief of Police of the Criminal Investigation Division. Chief Allen has a bachelor's degree in business administration with a specialization in homeland security from North Central University. And now, 400 things that cops know. I'm humbled uh, just to be here, and we're going to do a lot of talking, and I know my topic is very interesting, and a lot of people ask me about things that policemen know. My name is Nate Allen. I'm going to introduce myself again to you. I've been with the police department now uh, a little over 29 years. I started my 30th year this November. Um, I have my wife in the back, my best friend in the back. They're back here to, to show support, but most of all, they're here to critique me. We have two nine-year-old daughters, twins, identical. They're mature. They keep us going all the time. When I was asked to look over this and talk about 400 things cops know, I instantly told her, I don't know 400 things cops do. I only know a couple. I only know one major thing that I was taught when I first became a police officer. The number one thing I was taught is to go home with the same number of holes in you that you came to work with. <laughs> It, it took me a while to understand that. First, when you first come out, what do you mean? Go home the same number of holes in you <laughs> that you started with. That was the number one rule. And, and I'm just going to cut to the chase of this book. It develops a relationship between police and the community. It allows you a better understanding of what we do on a day-to-day basis, how and why we do things. People are going to ask me, why do police shoot people? Why do they shoot unarmed people? Could you not have shot him in the leg? Could you not have shot the gun out of his or her hand? Shaking your head. What's your answer? Why not? They train us. We're police officers. We're not supposed to make a mistake. They teach us how to shoot. When you're out of range shooting, is anyone shooting back at you? Is anyone chasing you with a hatchet? No, no. It's a little bit different when someone's chasing you or you are pumped up, excited because you've been in a fight, and then you have to pull your, your weapon, aim and shoot and hit a target, a leg, an arm, or a gun out of hand. So we teach the shoot for where? The biggest target. The biggest target of any person is their what? Center mass. Center mass. The smallest target is what? The arm. I do good to hit center mass if someone's shooting back at me or if I'm out of breath due to a a fight, a disturbance or something. Can't get it. So if we have to use our weapon, we're taught to shoot center mass. Now, are we taught to shoot to kill? No, I love that answer. We're taught to shoot to incapacitate, to stop the threat. That's what we're taught to shoot. If someone comes in this room and attacks us now, I'm going to shoot to incapacitate to stop that threat from attacking us. Now, if I could get off a good shot and this guy has a gun or, and we get a head shot or something of that nature, 
great. But we want to stop that threat. We in the state of Tennessee cannot shoot fleeing suspects. There's only one exception. If that suspect is a real danger, if left at large. Say, for instance, you came in, you shot four people in this, in this room and ran out the room. I can shoot you as you're running out the room because you're a danger. You came in and shot other people. Yes, just because you run from me, now I can't, I can't shoot at you. We have several tools on our belt, as you see, to help us affect the rest. Now, now, let's take it from the beginning when we come to shootings. Like the book talked about on shooting, suspects who shoot at us generally don't practice. They get a shot off on us. It's usually a lucky shot. We always remember that. But Taser, we want to use everything we can if the suspect does not have a weapon. Come on up here. Demonstration. If this guy just decided he's going to start attacking me, fighting. <laughs> the first thing that he do, he may, he may get me physically. What am I to do? Start using something on my tube. The first thing is the taser. You may have some chemical spray. I may can jump back and use a chemical spray on him. You don't like chemical sprays in your face. Nope. No. Some people can accept the chemical spray and keep coming. Then we try to taser. Step back again, shoot him with a taser. He may still keep coming. What have I done? I've gone up. Chemical, taser. He's already whooped me, so I, I can't beat him. So then what? Then if he gets me down, then where, where are we? You, you're back to inca- incapacitating the threat now because of what? Now, now he's a danger to me. If he gets me down and get my gun, then who's going to lose the fight? I am. So then, then you, you, you have to be able to go up in, in progressive stages. Now, is there ever a time when you just have to start off with the weapon? Yeah, it may be a time that you have to start off with a weapon. Yes. yes. Thank you. Are we allowed to chase somebody in hot pursuit through the streets? Yes and no. What we try to teach younger officers to do is to get the tag number, get a description of the vehicle, and get a description of the person driving the vehicle, and catch them later. 99% of the time, it's not a a foreign terrorist from another country who's coming through the streets. 99% of the time, it's somebody from the community you live in. That's the whole purpose of having the beat officers, to get accustomed, to get adjusted to those who live in the area that they patrol. So that if they see Nate Allen, a little Nate out driving the same car every day, they know who it is and they know where the person lives. Let them go. We'll pick them up later. The only exceptions, again, is if that suspect is so dangerous, if we leave him alone, will he harm somebody else? That will be the only time, the only time we proceed on. Now, remember, when we pull up behind the car, the first thing the officer does is to go ahead and call the tag number into dispatch. So then that tag is recorded, and we usually give a description of the person driving the vehicle. Can I go into your community and tell you what the problems are? Who said yes? Ah, that's a trick question because she's right. Who said no? It does. It does. It's a yes and no answer. Yes. I can tell you what the problems are relating to crimes that occur in and around you that you don't know. But you can tell me what the problems are based on loud music and what you see 24-7. Two-way street. Two-way street. I need you. You need me. We work for you. Because we go to work when you call us. If not, I'd rather be where? Sitting at a donut shop. (laughs) We work for you. We go to work when you call us. Even if we write tickets on your street, 
We're writing tickets because somebody in your neighborhood has called us and complained of speeders on your street. So we work for the community. Is there a relationship that needs to be built between the police and the community? Yes. Do the police need the community? Yes. And the community needs the police. That's a two-way street. We do have several communities uh, throughout Knoxville, throughout the country, that maybe don't have a very close relationship with law enforcement and don't want to call law enforcement. Some folks who come to this country from other countries, uh, their country may have a very corrupt law enforcement. And when they come here, they may think that we're very corrupt, so they do not want to call police officers. And some people may have had a bad experience with law enforcement officers. So what do you do? I think the solution to that is build a relationship. I don't know that you've had a bad relationship with police until you tell me. I don't even think about you. What I would advise each and every one of you do, and no, let me, let me ask you this question beforehand, before I give you advice. How many of you know the name of your beat officer that patrol where you live? Raise your hands. Come on. Only one person in here know their beat officer's name who patrol where they live. But who are you going to call if something happened in your home? 911. Don't you want that person who answered in your car to know all about you? To know what kind of issues you may have, if it's medical, if it's uh, family, you may have a problem with an older child, you may have something going on, you want that person to know. Learn your beat officers. Simple, call that beat officer and say, hey, I would like to know, form a community group, form a neighborhood watch, and say, let's meet our beat officers. Let's find out who they are and what kind of services they can provide. Most, and this really helps you in this way. If you have home break-ins in your neighborhood, and if you live long enough, we're going to have break-ins in our neighborhood. Someone's going to come to your neighborhood and start doing break-ins. You don't talk to each other enough to know that four or five houses around the block from you got broken into, but that beat officer would know that. And the beat officer would also know we're looking for a red pickup truck with a loud muffler, you know, a yellow Mustang. So you are, I've seen that truck come up and down the street several times, and I always thought it was suspicious. Call your beat officer. Learn your beat officer. That's how you build that trust. The reason that we have the Citizens Police Academy, you don't go there just to know what Nate does. You go there to learn how KPD, your police department, operates. You, you go there to learn what our policies are. You go there to learn what Nate can and cannot do when he comes to your house. Can I follow you to your bedroom for no reason? That's what you go for. You go there to learn some case law. You go there to learn what stresses may be upon us when we're chasing someone in a pursuit. You go there to learn when I should and when I should not shoot. So see, you go there to learn how your department operates according to the law and according to their policies and procedures. Crime has changed over the last 30 years. The best way to describe the, the overall change in crime is you look at terrorism. 30 years ago, terrorism wasn't on the front page like it is today. People wasn't doing the things to other people that they do today. We didn't have that type of crime 30 years ago. Um, also, I don't know, these phones and computers and things that we carry create a whole new wave of crime, uh, identity theft. 
So we have to stay abreast of the ever-changing technology changes. I am originally from Detroit. Knoxville crime has nothing on Detroit. So to me here, is, the crime is very, very low. It's very, very peaceful. We're still able to talk and communicate. Look at how many people are here today trying to learn about policing. Um, so the crime here is, is much lower. Do I see more things happening to people? I think people now are violent. My personal opinion, people are more violent today than they were 30 years ago. And, and it's a mental thing. And we, we have something today that I, I really don't like a whole lot, and I'm going to say it. We have today what we call cage fighting. You know, cage fighting. For two humans to get in a cage with unlimited boundaries and fight. And, and I find that very ironic because we still have laws against cockfighting. I need not say no further. Um, we've been working on recruiting for a long, a long time. We still have a problem recruiting non-whites. Um, that's African-American. That's uh, Asian, Hispanic, yes, we, have a, we still have a very small population when it comes to minorities, very. And, and that creates a problem. Let, let me just tell you this. I can speak about the black population probably because <laughs> <'cause> I'm black. <laughs> okay? There's not many of us in here. Uh, and, and I'm very open. I'm very open, and, and I love to talk about it. I think the country don't talk enough about race, and that creates a problem. We, can, we need to talk about even if we agree to disagree. That's okay, as long as we're talking. This is the problem that I run into in the black community, trying to get more black officers. One is, we don't pay a lot. We start out right at about $30,000, $31,000 a year. We don't, pay, we, don't, we don't make any money, and we put our lives on the line. The second thing that we have, too, is that it's not cool to be a policeman in the black community. It's not cool. Because what? Oh, you're going you're gonna to rat out all your friends. So you got two things against you. And the third thing is, someone in your family within the black community has had a bad encounter with police. Three strikes against us. So when I walk into the community, it could be all black. So how many want to be a police officer? All the kids laugh at me. I mean, a police officer, you don't make no money. The justice system is against the black man. Well, our justice system is the only system that we have. Does it have some problems? I, I think it does, and I think all of you agree that it does have some problems. How do we fix it? I don't know. Do we have more blacks incarcerated than whites per capita? Yes. Now, why is that? Is it an economical thing? Is it an enforcement thing? Are more blacks being stopped and arrested and treated more harshly? Than, than whites could be. So what do we do about it? Now, now remember that open, that open line of communication because some of you are in positions that you can monitor that, that you can look at that. What do we do about it? How do we do it? Nate's in a position within the police department where he can start actually trying to recruit more minorities, all kinds of minorities within the community. So what do we do? We all have to work together. Falls back to what the book talked about too. The reason that book was, was important to me, and I read it, and I said, boy, this is an awful layman book to me. But then I got to thinking about it a second time, and I realized the book's not written for me. Who's the book written for? For you all, to understand what I do. 
It's written for you. It's, it's written to build our relationship, to build trust, to build understanding. But we have to communicate. If we don't communicate, we're going to be exactly where we are today 10 years from now. The racial divide, is it getting further apart? Yes, we are. I, in my opinion, I, I think we are. And, and we shouldn't be that way. We're much more educated now as a, as a people than we were 30 years ago. But, but what do we do? We stay at home or we walk around with these things like this all day. And we don't look around. We don't communicate. So we, we have to break that barrier sometime and we have to start communicating. You know, policing as a whole now, the training style is going to have to change. The way we approach people and talk to people, uh, we're going to have to change. We're very good at arresting the bad guys. Where I think we fall short is, is communicating to the average citizen. And I, I can adventure to say that most everyone in this room has had an encounter with a police officer where you walked up to say, hi, how you doing? And that police officer appeared very standoffish to you. Anyone had encounters like that? Yeah. Rarely. But they just seem standoffish. They may have answered your question, but it, it wasn't very, wasn't very homely and friendly. And, and, and we taught that. If you walk up to talk to me, I normally blade myself off of you to keep my gun outside away from you. And I talk to you like this. And because I don't know if you, you are really wanting to talk to me or you're really ready to attack me. So I'm always ready to be able to push you away from me and draw something off my belt. And that's what we teach all the time. All the time. So we got to do a much better job now on teaching officers how do we communicate to the average citizen in a setting like this. We have a difficult time getting the recruits to actually go out there and be authoritative. And most recruits, when they go in a situation, they're very timid. You have to keep pushing them in. You got to go in there, take charge, take charge. We get recruits that are middle to upper class folk that come into an area who have never been around middle, lower middle to poor folks and don't know how to relate. We get some people who've never been around people outside of their own nationality. And that creates a problem because I can't teach you that. I can't teach you different cultures, you know, and I can't take your culture and tell you your culture is wrong. So that's the type of person that I've, I've had experience with dealing with. How do we teach somebody from middle to upper class suburban area to go into a lower income area and manage them and, and tell them to be authoritative when you go in there. See, that's the change that we have to do right there. And if any one of you professors in here got any ideas how to do that, I'm open. But we, we have to figure out a, a way to change that, that mindset. But how do you take someone from this area and put them in another area and tell them to take charge of it and that person have no relationship at all or, or no cultural skills in dealing with that, that, that community? We're a big problem. What I see mainly on gender differences is that men, we, we hide our emotions. We want to be macho and tough. If I have a female officer with me, she's going to go in there and be tough and be sentimental at the same time. And I'm like, what? And she'll come and say, dear, you know, you shouldn't do that. She, she's all nice and talking. 
And then as soon as that man jumped up, she snatched his head right off. <laughs> I got a female officer here with me right now, Shelly. Shelly, stand up. Prime. Prime example. Look at her size. And she could be just as gentle. And she just be talking to you so nice. And before you know it, she's giving the guy a backhand head and knocking him on the floor. And I said, where'd that come from? And, and I'll come in there trying to be tough and tell the woman, shut up. Y'all sit down. No, no, no. Real kind. So, yes, there, there is a, a, a definite divide. Women bring to the table of policing that men don't bring. And, and we, we need that. We need it. Um, and we don't have many women. Um, we, we have more women than we do other minorities. Um, but but we, we need women. Yes. And can they do the job? Yes. So you got to have people from the community work with the police department to solve problems. And that's, that's what this is all about. Are we going to have some bad experiences? Yes. Are, is KPD and Nate Allen going to mess up? Yes. The only thing that I, I think that KPD has going for us over a lot of other police departments is when we do mess up, we say, hey, we messed up. We messed up. How do we make it better? We need your help to make it better. Well, thank you. And, and I, I feel very humble to, to be able to do this. On Monday, I lost my voice. thinking, God, how am I going to do this one? But anytime, anytime we want to do this, this is great. Um, whenever you can pull a group of people together, because now you all are becoming ambassadors to go out there and, and share. Talk about Citizens Police Academy again. That's what they do. They're ambassadors. They go out and share what our policies and procedures are, what we can and cannot do. And then if we do have someone that's going astray, rogue, you all know, you can't do that. You can't do that. And you know the procedures in place to adjust it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Book Sandwiched In, a lunchtime book discussion series sponsored by Knox County Public Library in Knoxville, Tennessee. To find other podcasts, please visit our website at knoxlib.org.